Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections, and today we are starting with John Michael Smits, the center out of Minnesota, picked with the 57th pick in the second round. Justin, mm. I'm so happy that we're able to do this player profile projection, and especially as saying a second rounder. This was a guy who I identified like in the midseason, preparing for the midseason mock draft. We go down to the Senior Bowl, excited to watch him down there. Best player all week. Best player, yeah, most consistent and best player down there. And then we were in this frustrating place where we were like, with his age, you know, he's 24 years old, yep. doesn't have the fastest feet in the world. It's like, I really like this guy, but not at 25. But where I do like him is like where we've picked in the second round in years past, which is like 40, you know, 36. And that's where I thought he would go because I thought, you know, he's probably the top interior offensive lineman in this class. But he didn't. But it was like, man, maybe he gets there. And NFL teams, they fell in love with the athleticism of guys like Joe Tipman. And lo and behold, round two, pick 57, John Michael Smith becomes uh, the Giants' starting center. And, man, I am freaking excited for it. Yeah, the Giants are fully invested in, in an underrated important spot. And I think the rest of the league is catching on. Who had that tweet recently that center's one of the, you know, he, they're like the most underrated position Brandon in the NFL. Brandon Thorne, the O-line guy. Yeah, so uh, I think people are catching on. Our guy Nikki Snacks has been, you know, on the phone with me for years being like, you know, I think center's like low-key that second most important position in the line. God, I've always called the center the captain of the O-line. I grew up with like a Pop Warner being like, I am the captain of the offensive line at center and, you know, setting the tone of whatever the play is going to be. And I think the most important thing about John Michael Schmitz, in terms of him coming to the Giants, he's logged 35 career starts at center, missing only two games, one because of injury, one because of opt-out, the last three ser- the, re- the last three seasons. So he has experience of not only being durable and not getting hurt, but this guy is a lifer and a career center. And... The Giants have been asking guys to transition from guard. Nick Gates did it well, but still asking guys to transition from being tackles and guards or, you know, taking centers off the street and, you know, oh, can we make it kind of like a reclamation project? No, John Michael Schmitz is a highly touted center and has experience of being a center. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at my first note. It's like older center, so he's the older for a draft. Yeah, also, same age as Andrew Thomas, right? Just, 24? Yeah, un- just understands the position, though, in every facet of the game. Um he, uh, you know, at six foot three, three hundred one pounds, he has thirty two and five eighths inch arms. His athleticism is solid. Like he's not, we don't, he's not like some plot or anything. But I think that is what kept him from being a first rounder. Like for me, was like I just wanted to see more, like you know, foot speed. I've been using a lot of my hands in these mm. PPPs. Pit a pat, pit a pat, pit a pat. Uh, just you know, like like a Zudu does. Like if he had the speed of a Zudu's feet, he has better feet than a yeah. Zudu. But just the speed. Well, he's of first a round pick feet, if he has he'd, the speed of a Zudu. Yeah, he'd, he'd have. He'd be a first round pick. Um, but it obviously is best in, in between the tackles. Very strong, and it really shows up in his wrestling background and his hand power mm. and his ability to work leverage with guys. Like, he has some lean to it, too, so it's not the perfect posture, but he fires off, man, and he lands his hands, and he just knows how to torque defense alignment, and that creates big runs. And there was plenty of times at Minnesota where it's like, Touchdown Minnesota, they are that run is happening. Mohamed Ibrahim is running in for a uh, touchdown because of the block that John Michael Smith made. And again, like I said, he doesn't have the most athleticism in the world, but he was plenty athletic enough to work that wide zone stuff and flip his hips. And you saw him like not just like get to the angle and flip his hips, but like bury the dude afterwards too. So his film was just 
so much fun to watch as we didn't focus on tackles this year. No one's film to me was more fun to watch on the offensive line this season. Speaking uh, of uh, Nikki Snacks. Than John Michael Smith's. Speaking of Nikki Snacks. Snacks, uh, it's John Michael Schmitz's PPP. Uh, I just talked about you because uh, what's the position of football that's like the most underrated that you've been talking about for years, begging that the Giants address? Center, thank you. How happy are you that John Michael Schmitz is a Giant? It was my favorite draft pick in the last like four years. All right, thank you, Snacks. Have a good day. I'll call you later. Love you. So, again, in the run game, hello, Snacks. Uh, he just he just understands leverage uh, at every facet of the game in the run game where he gets underneath guys' pads. He knows when to flip his hips. He knows how to work his hands. And it's just kind of like a work of art in the run game, what he's able to do. Now, where I do think there is some struggle in the run game is working to the second level uh, It can be a little like – it just doesn't always look smooth, a little herky-jerky to me. And there's times where he just misses the target and gets the timing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that has to improve as you're working more of those combos to backers in the NFL, and linebackers are going to be a lot faster than they were in the Big Ten. But that that is the thing that he I think he needs to improve on. And, and I think part of it becomes because he is a he is a little he's not you know playing with perfect posture. Like he's got some lean to him, but I can live with all, uh, interior guys having that lean to him, and we see guys you know uh, you know do that consistently. Yeah, like the only minuses that I have is like being too aggressive and firing out of your stance, which results in in leaning, where the upper body reacts sooner and quicker than the lower half, and that's like a mix between leaning and then also not having that foot speed, um, like you were talking about. But I mean, again, you would rather somebody maybe lean on somebody, I guess, a little bit, a little bit, maybe even in the run game, because of his he's an aggressive player and yeah. he finishes plays. Yeah, if you lean and you win the point of attack. You're fine. Yeah. Because when you lean and you don't win the point of attack, that's where you struggle. And, hey, it's going to be a transition to the NFL. Obviously, for preseason, we are going to be lo- you know, lasered in on yeah. John Michael Smith's. You know, like, like Deontay Banks obviously was the first-round pick. I actually have more leniency as a rookie for Banks than I do John Michael Smith's. One, that comes with the age. JMS was an, you know, an older player. Um, but I just I there's more refinement to JMS's game in college, uh, where it's like I, I want to see some results right away. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not perfection, all pro center. Hopefully one day, not this year. But I don't I don't want I don't want it can't be a disaster yeah. this year for John Michael Smith. But he is 24, same age as Andrew Thomas. That is you know it's 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 a little bit older, and that was part of his draft profile for sure. It's it's a question on my brain. It's with interior not, guys, it doesn't bother me though too much. Well, we with interior. So you and I, and I agree with you when you've said this about interior offensive linemen. Specifically, you talk about guards about how their transition into the NFL is pretty difficult. Where oh, most guards, of the time, it takes like two years. Yeah. So, it, do you think John Michael Schmitz is inevitably maybe going to fall into that category? And also transitioning to the NFL level, especially when you consider the interior defensive linemen that is that are in this NFC East, because that does matter. Yeah, and they're nasty, especially over from Washington. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to – center, guard more so than center. Guard okay. is like – it's just really hard. Center, you see guys come in. And, like Tyler Linderbaum had a – he wasn't an all-star, but yeah, he was a, had a successful rookie season. Uh, you know, Creed Humphrey with the Chiefs, who uh, fell a little bit. So center, you do see it with guards. It's just like, man – it's it's a it's a question of like I'm willing to take a guard early, but the question is, well, are you? Because you the first two years might be bad, and then the year three, and then then you're having to sign. You know, then you're like you know, you're getting two year good right. years. And you have to sign to max contracts or big contracts. But 
Um, oh my god, I just did push back on my oh, notes. Oh no. Um, let's talk about him as a pass rusher, which is we'll usually what we do with offensive linemen first, but it's just what, talking about his run uh, film is so much fun. Said it like 15 times already. The foot speed is not great, but in college it didn't get him in trouble really. Um, but he's got a great punch and hand placement and pass pro to extend and just keep guys out of his chest. And we talked about there being some lean in the run game. It's not there as a pass protector. And his feet, once he's connected, mirror really well. But it all starts with the hand usage. And you see that resting background where he gets his hands on guys. And when D-line are trying to rework, he is replacing his hands and getting, you know, winning, getting, keeping that leverage fight on his side. Um, and again, plays with good knee bend and pad level, like a lot a better posture in the pass uh, game actually than the run game. But he is just able to get hands on guys and replace in, in a in a league that's not doing as many nose tackles anymore. Uh, you know, unless you're playing Dexter Lawrence, and I, oh, Dexter Lawrence can either can really help this guy get yeah. better. Leo um, too, yeah. But he uses those hands really well to like have a don- like really nice pass protection film. I think we saw it most on display at the Senior Bowl. It was perfect. It was really perfect. It was just like coach tape. I mean, just balanced feet, the hands. I mean, like, like you said, you, you saw the wrestling background. I think all those things that you said about John Michael Schmitz's film, like I, I just the, the Senior Bowl sticks out to me the most because you know that that was film that you know we we saw it all week and I was recording all those like that's. It transferred to there, and that those like one v one drills are designed for those defensive linemen to win anyway. And John Michael Schmitz just dominated all week, week in, week out. He dominated at the Senior Bowl. Do you have anything else on JMS? No, I, I'm I'm excited, but also just cautiously excited because he's a rookie. And, and he's a rookie, and the the NFL is a different breed, and these NFC East interior defensive linemen are different breeds too. But let's I, go JMS. Let's go JMS, and let's go to the defensive side. All right, before we get to the Cordell Flott PPP, we got to talk about Manscaped because they are back and they are sponsoring our summer camp series. So thank you to Manscaped. And what they got for you, they got the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0. It's the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. And, oh, boy, do we deserve it all. They designed this package for all you do. Fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. They got you covered from head to toe, Manscaped does. From your hair, where they have the two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner. They have deodorant as well. They have body wash. And, of course, they have the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. And something that I use really often is their Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. The Platinum Package 4.0, they got you from all the bases. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use code GIANTS at checkout, use the Platinum Package because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Now let's talk about Cordell Flott. And we're going to start, we're going to talk about Cordell Flott, cornerback, six foot, supposedly up to 180 pounds. Supposedly. Supposedly up to 180 pounds. Did, did you think that he would gain more? Because his combine weight was no, 175. It's, it's, you know, for guys like me and you, we think of gaining five pounds is pretty easy. I do it in a month. For guys like Cordell Flott, I do it in a week. Re- it's really hard for them to do that without it being bad weight. Uh, why, did I, why did I say a month? Six foot, 175 pounds, 30 and uh, uh, one eighth inch arms for Cordell Flott. Was a third round pick uh, in the first year of the Joe, uh, Joe, G- Joe Judge. I almost said Joe Judge. <laughs> in the Joe Shane Giants regime. Uh, 
last year was called on in a role that he never really saw at LSU. Um, and he played over 80% of his snaps on the outside last year for the New York Giants. He only played 29% of the snaps. He missed six games with a calf injury last season. But just a long, skinny, fast athlete who needs some work. But I, I'm pretty – like, when we did our camp position battles pod, I said, yeah, I, th- I think Flot should be the nickel corner. And it's – like I'm definitive with that. Like, it's time. Like, he should absolutely be starting over Darnay Holmes come this fall. Selfishly, I wanted to see more of Cordell Flott last year, but at the same time, if you're going to draft and take on a project cornerback who is really light and really young, playing him exactly how you played him last year was close to perfect. Plus, he had some like notable moments, you know, and that includes the three snaps in the you know in the playoff game where he had that pass deflection on Osborne on third down, and it leads to the McKinney fourth down stop. Giants won a playoff game. And then also, the Giants' game plan whenever they played the Eagles twice last year, Cordell Flott was on A.J. Brown. And I don't necessarily remember there being bad moments there. Really, the only bad Cordell Flott moment that I remember is D.J. Moore week two where he falls down and then D.J. Moore catches a touchdown. Um, he didn't get a ton of opportunities. I mean, that was but the only also, touchdown he allowed, you know? But also, at the same time, Cordell Flott didn't get a lot of opportunities, but he got more opportunities and he got more playing time than I think a lot of fans think. And he played, you know, like you said, played 29% of the snaps. When he was active, he played 45% of them. Yeah. Uh, last year was targeted 24 times, gave up 16 completions, 178 yards, um, and two pass breakups. So not great stats, but not liability stats either. Um, yeah, I, he, he didn't look lost. Like no. now the Panthers game – he did like he you know they put him in as a starter week two put on the outside and dj moore you know cooking but now dj moore is a great wide receiver i got he's one of my i think he's one of the more underrated guys uh, in the league um but yeah like some of the best cornerback plays on the season were cordell flaw yeah like he it really a shame he didn't catch that interception in the first vikings game in the regular season yeah like you know just barely touched the ground but on a cornerback room that doesn't get interceptions Cordell Flott could be that guy like Banks isn't going to be an interception guy Adore is def- isn't isn't that um like okay who who had the most interceptions for corners on the Giants last year and how many corners 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 you're gonna get this wrong so just throw out a guess I mean the, no nobody Rodarius Williams had one versus oh, the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys, yeah. Um, so, like, Cordell Flott could be, like, now I don't think he'll lead the team in interceptions. I actually would put McKinney or and whatever other safeties playing over them. But for, at least for the corners, I think Flott hopefully can get, like, a, a couple on his own. But Flott's under, Flott could but lead him. He's got that stickiness in man coverage yeah. where he can undercut and get underneath, and that's how you get interceptions in this man coverage defense. Um where he can struggle, uh, you know, at, he's got to, like, you know, work on his game as a release, but he's got that sickness to get back inside and just has a great feel for it um, and, and get underneath. And we saw it again, the dropped interception or the non-interception in the first Vikings game. But then in the playoff game, he played three snaps in that playoff mm-hmm. game and came in and had a huge breakup versus K.J. Osborne on Like a top-five defensive and play all that, season for That the was against a slot wide receiver in K.J. Osborne. So although he played over 80% of the snaps, snaps on the outside, he is – I want to see him play nickel corner. That's where I can see him, you know, possibly, you know, like popping off. In yeah, the NFL. sure. And in terms of those interceptions, how often did we see Darnay Holmes losing contested catches last year? 
and that's what you know. Teams would go there, go there, go there because they know or that hey, recovering man coverage. You know, or you know, Darnay Holmes. Sure, you know he's he's there, but he's not really there because he doesn't have the length and he doesn't have the size. And Cordell Flott has the length and he has that size, especially. His length and size is an extreme advantage at slot corner, where typically you have you know those slot wide receivers. They typically run a little bit smaller than the outside ones. Yeah, um, he has enough length, and I'm excited to see him play in this defense because I think he has the ability to press guys up. Yeah, like for a guy who's you know like scouting reports is small, it's like he plays physical. Like he does not play like a, a small a light corner. He likes to get up and be physical. And we've even seen in a little bit of camp practices. Like he can, he can disrupt at at the start at the line of scrimmage. And again, like I said, this is why I want him in the slot because can like he did have some good plays on AJ Brown. Is he going to go out there and be physical with AJ Brown? Absolutely not. Is he going to be physical with DJ Moore? Absolutely not. But he can be physical with the team slot wide receiver. Yes, he can be physical with KJ Osborne. He can be physical with you know uh, you know fill in the blank with whatever slot wide receiver that comes to your head. Um, and then also with that, be able to st- has the speed and agility to stick in the hip and and recover. Get and has like the ball skills to get into the catch space and and do those things that nickel corner should be able to do. Let me ask you a question because now I want to move to the run game. And you said kind of you know hey if there's a if there's a spot that Cordell Flott really needs to grow in, it's his ability to defend the run. It's his ability to stop the run. Um, are you saying that from a perspective of? Hey, it's just because you're small and it's just because of your size? Because I honestly think, I thought he tackled well last year. I thought his film at LSU, he tackled well and he was very willing to get his nose dirty. And there was even, you know, I don't, I don't remember a ton of times where Cordell Flott made like run stops last year. Um, but there was a screen pass. There was a third down against Washington, the tie, where he makes a tackle on a wide receiver screen and he like goes through a block to make that tackle, make that third down stop. So I think his tackling is fine. So where's that he's kind got of, a lot of willingness. coming from? Like here's, he's very feisty in the run game. Yeah. That showed up at LSU too. That comes from he gets bullied okay. like, as adverse blocks. Like not again, not like he's getting run over or anything. It's just he gets like he gets sealed off and like that's how that's how, you know, Eight-yard runs turn into 30-yard runs sure. by DBs not getting off of blocks and being sealed off. And that's where he really struggled. Now, you would think on the outside that you're going to be facing bigger guys and better blockers, and there's some truth to that. But in today's NFL, slot corner is so huge as far as run defense. Mm-hmm. Like It's a really big part of run defense. And that is that is like, hey, we're not going to really get that answer in camp. How well – and, you know, you're not running these – We're going to get it week three against Kyle Shanahan probably. Yeah. That, like, yeah, that's <laughs> when you're going to need to see some of that stuff. How active can you be in there? Can you get off blocks and make plays uh, in the run game like that? But that definitely is a concern. But at 180 pounds, man, there's corners that – like, like he – I when I look at him, I don't look at him as rail thin. Like we we've been at camp. When I look at Jalen Hyatt, I'm like that dude's rail thin. When I look at Flaw, I just don't see that. Okay, yeah, I kind of have a little bit of blind optimism on Cordell Flaw right now. Um, turns twenty two next month, still super young. Um, I think we have this blind optimism because we didn't see him a lot last year. But at the same time, when we did see him. He made plays, and he was not a disaster, which I think is super important for those rookie corners. And like I said, I think they kind of played it perfectly last year where because Cordell Flott is, you know, he when he was taken, it's seen, it's seen as a little bit of a project because of how light he was and because of how young he is. But getting him out there enough to where he has experience, he doesn't feel like he's a straight-up rookie, 
and he also made good plays, and I feel like having confidence as a cornerback is so important. I think they played it really well, um, and I hope that this blind optimism – that's not blind. Well, he's a big, it's optimism. He's a, I have optimism for Cordell He's a blind. big swing player. Yeah. Like we go into the season, we know what, essentially what to expect out of Daniel Jones and Waller and Saquon, and then we know what to expect out of guys like Mark Lewinsky mm-hmm. um, and, and other lesser players. Flaw is on the list of important swing players. Like he really is because he's on, he's going to start this year. Like yep. unless he's you know terrible, he's going to be a starter this year. And right now we haven't seen a ton of him. He is he is an ultimate. After week five, we're overrating this guy because of he's mm-hmm. playing really well. Or after week five, we're talking about this guy stinks. Yep. No career in the NFL. So we'll see and you know give him some uh, you know. It's, but it's year two. Like year two, you need to, you should see something out of the yep. guy. Especially Third round pick. Especially we're not putting him out there at number one corner or number two corner. With, you know, ask him to cover slot wide receivers. So. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's uh, an episode. We will see you guys tomorrow. We appreciate you. Until then, let's go big blue.